and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. It's been quite some time since we heard from our guest, Tara Kemp. 30 years, actually. It was 30 years ago that she released her debut album featuring the smash hits Hold Your Tight and Peace of My Heart. And that was it. That was the only album she released. She fell victim to the music business. Uh, she tells us what happened, tells us where she's been for the past 30 years. And actually, she's working on some new music, and she's going to release that second album that never came out. So 2021 is going to be a big year for Tara. I've been a fan of hers ever since. I've been looking to find out what happened to her, and we've been trying to get in touch for quite some time, so I was lucky enough to do this interview, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tara. So Tara, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, before we kind of look back, uh, you want to just fill in what you've been up to these days? Well, so since I left you all, yeah, exactly, <laughs> it has been. It's it, uh, next year will be the 30th anniversary yeah. of Hold You Tight, Peace of My Heart, right? Um, so in that time, a lot has happened in my life. Um, I raised a son who is now 19 okay. and in college doing really well. Um, and I've continued to work on music, even though I haven't been releasing music. I did put out um, Paris and Spring. Right. With uh, Dwayne Wiggins, that was a little benefit yeah. that I did. Paris in spring, lovers on holiday, they look in your eyes, takes me away to Paris in spring. Just yesterday, kisses by starlight, making love in the rain. Looking back through the windows of time, to those days when our passion ran free, just still very clear in my mind. Romantic memories, hanging out at the sidewalk cafe, talking for hours on end. Time went too fast, it didn't last. Take me back again to Paris in spring. Lovers on holiday, they look in your eyes. Takes me away to Paris in spring. Seems like just yesterday. Kisses my starlight, making love in the rain. Oh, take me back. Yesterday 
But I never stopped working on music. I continue to work on music. I have multiple music projects sitting on shelves, just waiting to come out. So this next year is going to be the time when everything happens. So um, what is coming? Right. <laughs> right. Here's what's here's what's coming your way. Okay. Um, so first of all, let me just say this: um, I have the best fans in the world. For 30 years, right. my fans have been supportive and loving and asking me to release new music. And um, it just hasn't, the, the timing hasn't been right for me. So um, with this being the 30th anniversary, I will be releasing some new music. Um, I will also be remastering Hold You Tight and Peace of My Heart. That okay. will be released. So there'll be okay. a new version of that. Uh, just an upgraded, yeah. higher fidelity, you know? Um, and, um, I'm also, will be releasing the infamous second album that was never released. Okay. Right. So that will be coming out in, uh, but the first half of next year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Totally look forward to that. Now, are you doing all this like independently? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So We're doing this. This is still the, this is the old team. Right. So Will Hammond okay. and Tuheen Roy. Right. So we're kind of doing it together. Oh, good. And um, so we'll see how everything works out with, um, you know, distribution and all that stuff. We haven't worked all that out yet. Right. Um, but I'm really excited to put this music out. I was very proud of the work we did on the second album. I felt like the second album was a lot better than the first album. Um. Not that I'm not proud of the first album I am. Right. You know, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> but, you know, right. it was kind of a very hurried process. We did okay. that album in six weeks, wrote right. and recorded it in six weeks. It was very quick. Um, so, and we hadn't really been a team, a creative team prior to that. I had been co-writing with Tuheen, but um, uh, beyond that, you know, we yeah. hadn't, it was kind of, you know, it's a one-off thing. I say, right. I did a favor for them. I sang on this record. It ended yeah. up blowing up, you know, right. the story. So, um, so yeah, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we hadn't really, you know, we hadn't developed uh, creatively, I don't think. Right. At quite at that point. So from that point on, we continued writing music together 
and developed more of a sound and style that I think is um, that, that we were all really happy with. And um, unfortunately, I was not able to release that um, due to music business right. nastiness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But hopefully now that it's 30 years later, nobody cares exactly. anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm like the least significant person in any of those people's lives, so. Right. And then if, if, if it actually does come up, then it's, wow, they really care about me. So right, that right. Way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, like you mentioned, like obviously 30 years and it was six weeks to record the album Were you just kind of like, kind of like, I guess, aware of the whole situation while making it or was it kind of like a whirlwind for you? I, I don't think I was really aware of anything. I was very naive. Right. Um, um, I was 26 when the record came out, yeah. but I had been led a very sheltered life. I mean, you know, I'm the epitome of white privilege. My dad was right. an orthodontist, you know what I mean? I was very sheltered, um, studied everything I was interested in right. from, you know, from music to pottery, to acting, to anything I dance, yeah. everything I wanted to, anything I wanted to do, I had, right. you know, I had, yeah. I, li I, I lived, I uh, grew up with a life of privilege. Um, so, uh, not very streetwise. Okay. Not, not, you yeah. know, not really yeah. looking out like thinking, yeah. oh, someone might try to harm me in some way or right. take advantage of me in some yeah. way. It was really not my mindset. My mindset was, you know, I grew up on the old uh, Judy Garland and yeah. Mickey Rooney movies. And so I was like, oh my gosh, let's, exactly. we're doing a show. We're putting a show together. <laughs> right. I thought, you know, it's like, What's good for me is good for you. We're on the yeah. same team. Little did I know that I was simply a pawn in someone else's game. You know, I just didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know Irving Azoff was the most powerful man in the music business. Right. I had no idea. Yeah. You know, he reminded me of my dad. He was just like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he had kind of the same personality, kind of intimidating, but charming mm -hmm. at the same time. And I was very comfortable with that. Right. So, and I'm sure I was a giant pain in his ass. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. I know I was. Yeah. But, but I'm, sure, um, I'm sure you weren't like the only artist who kind of felt that way. You know, starting out, you're kind of naive and you kind of. Guess, oh, my story is not advantage. unique. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my story is not at all unique. Right. You know? And there's a lot of, of big artists that were um, whose careers were ended due to politics and the business yeah. as well. Um, and it's really just about power plays and. You're, you're, you literally are a chess piece right. for these people. Yeah. You know, you're just a commodity. It's, you're right. really not a human being. You're really not an artist. It's just a, you're a product, a commodity to move yeah. here, there, or dispose of. Right. If it's, you know, doesn't serve you anymore. Now like, that's the reality of the business. I'm not the first yeah. one to talk right. about that. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, yeah. I don't think that's a shocker for anybody. No, I, I've, I've had a few people on, on my show just like that. So it's, it's been, mm -hmm. yeah, but like you had like, you know, Will and Tunine, like they were both, I guess, novice as well. Right. So you oh, had, we you were know, all yeah. super green. Right. Yeah. We were all unknown, which was also really rare, you know, for yeah. the production team and the artists to be unknown and have the success that we had yeah. was pretty extraordinary. So, you know, one thing that I definitely want to say, because I have talked about, you know, the demise of my career and all that happened at that time. Mm -hmm. 
which is a lot of ugly stuff, not just in the business side. My whole life was falling apart. My dad was dying of cancer. My oh. relationship was falling. There's a lot going on right. at that time. Um, and everybody always wants to know what happened, what's yeah. the dirt and this and that. But the, but the reality is I have a great life. I got to be a stay-at-home mom, which I really wanted to, yeah. to do. Um, so I've had a rich and wonderful life. And I'm very grateful to have had the experience that I had. It's a very rare experience. Who gets to do that, you know? So I don't have any, um, even though it still makes me sad to think about those times, I don't have any regret or resentment toward anyone. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm feel blessed to have had the experience. Right. I, mean, I started the show, it's going to be almost four years now. And your name always pops up as most requested. You know, because wow. what happens, and I always wanted to, you know, get you on it. We've been kind of planning this for a while now because you had, you know, amazing first album. You know, you, you had, like, you. you know, two, you know, smash hits that come out. You know, that's very rare. You know, debut artist comes out with two top 10 songs. Then you're on the Beverly Hills soundtrack, which was like a top show, mm-hmm. you know, of, of the time. And then you're gone. And that was pre-internet. So really pre-social media. So no yes. one really knew what happened. So it was yeah. really like a mystery, you know, for years and still you can't find much info about what, what happened to your career. So I'm kind of glad that you kind of, yeah. you know, on the show now. My career was buried, into, very yeah. intentionally buried. Right, which, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a real, a real shame. I mean, you know, you can't even get the, the um, you can't even get the uh, radio version of Peace of My Heart anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. They didn't even have my album on iTunes. We had to push to get that, get it up okay. on iTunes so right. my fans could get it digitally. Okay. Yeah, because I, I still have the CD from, you know, 30 years ago. And it's, you know. They came in the long box. Oh, the long box. Yeah, those are the, the ones. The long box. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. The, 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 that was, those were the days. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, with Sam Goody or The Wall, wherever I bought it from. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, like even going further back, like what were like your, your influences like musically growing up? Musically growing up. So I, um, I started playing piano when I was four and I started playing harp when I was nine. I also started studying um, acting when I was nine and uh, attended the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Um, and I was very much influenced by theater. I grew up in the theater, did a lot of musical theater and stuff like that. Um, my biggest idol was and is still Barbara Streisand. If I met her, I would lose it, I'm sure. Um, You know, I wanted to be her when I grew up. Uh, But then, you know, I was also really into uh, Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and um, Elton John and uh, Barry Manilow. Okay. And um, just great writers, great Mm -hmm artists. Um, I liked good songs. I grew up on a lot of jazz. My dad was a jazz aficionado. Right. So I, you know, grew up listening to a lot of um, jazz, big band jazz and bossa nova and um, stuff like that. But I think that um, the thing that people are always interested in is how, why do I sound, why do I have this R&B kind of sounding voice yeah so um so i studied voice started studying voice when i was 12 after i um got into my first musical which was sound of music and um and then i but that was more of like theatrical uh training 
you know, for projecting and stuff like that. Right. So it wasn't until I was in high school that I started studying with a, a classical teacher and um, learned to sing classically. And I, I was in choir, you know, I was in acapella, I was in magicals, um, you know, I sight sing, all that stuff. So a lot of like heavy technical right. music background for me. I, have, I'm, I'm, I am a musician. Um, so then when I was um, 21, I got, had my first gig right. with my first really big gig, which was singing backup for Rosie Gaines okay. and supporting her first album called Caring. So if, for those of you who don't know, do you know who Rosie is? Yeah, she was in uh, like the revolution, right? She was in, yeah, the yeah. Uh, New Power Generation. Yeah, New Power, right? I'm sorry, yeah, New Power Generation, that's right. And Diamonds and Pearls. And um, Diamonds and Pearls yeah. and Get Off and all that right. stuff. So Rosie, so if you're interested in, in how I sound, how I sound, mm. go listen yeah. to the Caring album. Okay. And listen to the backgrounds, because I'm saying, right. now I'm not on the album. She's okay. saying all the parts on the album. But I was her first like female background singer. I sang with her for three and a half years. And so she's got, she's known for doing uh, scat, a lot of scatting and riff, and riffing, right? So, but she, they're all written and they're all harmonized. So I was harmonizing on all those yeah. scats and riffs. So yeah. it was an incredible training ground for me. I had my first writing experiences with Rosie. Rosie is a monster musician. She plays every instrument. Um, and she was a great mentor because she was, um, you know, there are some women who are very in the industry that are very increasing and inclusive of other women. And there's some right. women who are not. Rosie is very embracing right. and inclusive. Okay. You know, she's not the kind of person who's intimidated by other people's uh, abilities. Okay. And always like anytime a singer came to the show, she always brought him up on stage to right. sing. Her whole attitude was like, there's room enough for all of us, you know, right. the more the merrier. Yeah. So um, that was kind of the atmosphere I grew up in musically. And so she does, you know, she's like funk, R&B and jazz. So that was my background in okay. singing and matching her vocals for three and right. a half years is why I sound, right. it's just embedded in my voice. Yeah. You know, the way I pronounce my words, all that stuff is like just yeah. from emulating her yeah. for such a long time. And here's a little fun tidbit that a lot of people don't know. Right. So after I left, I was with Rosie for three and a half years. And at that point I had started um, writing my own music and I was starting to work on my own, doing my own artist thing and I left the band. Right. Um, and so Maxine Jones from Invogue took my place in that band. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little backstory. Yeah. Right. Bay Area music business yeah. backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was that like late eighties? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I started with her in, I think in 85. Okay. And that's like, that's when I met uh, Tony, Tony, Tony. We had a record release at this place. Uh, the club doesn't exist anymore. Jeffrey still exists, but, um, but Dock of the Bay doesn't. So this is at Dock of the Bay. There was a big record release party right. and I met like all the big people yeah. in the industry. It, locally, she was a big deal. Okay. Rosie was a huge deal here. Right. Um, and considered like, you know, yeah. I mean, even in the music world, she's considered one of the best singers of our generation, right. you know, she's well-respected yeah. um, and very much so here. She was a big star. Okay. So everybody came to that. I met Narda Michael Walden at that. Mm -hmm. I met 
Randy Jackson and his wife, right. Liz Jackson, who um, I ended up becoming writing partners with. Um, and I met Dwayne and Raphael and Tim. Okay. That night too. So that was 85. And that was before their record came out. Right. So it was really fun for us to have hit records out at the same time yeah. and go out on the road together. And because it, it was like, yeah, when you're out on the road, it's, it's nice to see someone from home. Right. Of course. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, because I, I saw you guys on the Club MTV tour back in uh, 91. Yeah. In, uh, in that Long was Mountain. the, yeah. That was so much We fun. have the best memories from that. We had such right. a great time doing that. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, it was two of you. It was uh, Call Me Bad and uh, Velvet DeVoe. Yeah, I, I and used, Gerardo. Yeah, I don't think Gerardo was on my show yet. I, I in Long Island. I don't think he performed there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Long Island. That was. I think we. By the time we got to New York, it was a little later in the tour. Yeah. So I think it was like late. And tour. some people kind of dropped off the tour okay. at that point. Gerardo, Gerardo, I think, was one of them. Um, at CNC Music Factory. That's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Right. So and, and Zelma. Went, now Zelma's yeah. daughter is on that show, uh, Mixed Dish, which is cute. Oh, wow. OK. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in a tour like that, do you like negotiate how many songs you play or you you had like, I think, what, two or you three, have a certain three? amount of time. time. OK. So I had a 25 minute slot. OK. Uh, originally, Color Me Bad was not on that tour. Right. Um, I was with, um, I was with famous artist agency, which was run by John and Jerry aid. They were awesome. Um, and, um, you know, I was a, a work mule. I love to work. And so yeah. they loved me cause they right. just had me working as much as possible right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when I wasn't being used for free shows from the uh, record label. But, um, but, uh, they were the ones that put that tour together. Okay. And so it was primarily their artists that were put on that tour. Color right. Me Bad was not with them at that time. Okay. Um, so Giant Records, once they found out about, oh, Tara's doing this thing, well, yeah. let's, let's put Color Me Bad on there. So they took half of my money oh. and part of my time. Of <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. I mean, you know, the guys right. were great. And yeah. I love those guys. They're so talented and, and sweet. Right, people okay. you know yeah. right so it all worked out but yeah it ended up costing me money that tour right okay. i didn't get any tour support from the label the label was not very supportive of me that, so. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it sounds like but again i was a <laughs> yeah. giant pain in, in right life, so yeah i i get it i was young and right idealistic yeah. and right and, and, and no know. pun intended right giant pain in the ass right giant yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right. But you, you mentioned like, you know, white privilege and the way you know, your sound hold you tight came out before the video, obviously. And I would say probably most people thought you were black.
that getting into you know the r&b and stuff in that world were you accepted originally yeah okay 100 percent. you know i think that um the audience knows if whether or not you're authentic right they know if you're if you're pretending to you know try to be something which is one of the reasons you know if you know my story is one of the reasons why i left the labels because they were trying to make me do stuff and be somebody i wasn't right and um uh, you know, I am a very much aware of my white privilege. I've worked with a lot of people that grew up in the ghetto and, um, and um, have had to deal with and struggle with racism their whole life. Uh, so I'm very aware of that. And I'm, and I always wanted to be conscientious about it. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I left the label. I felt like they were um, trying to push me into doing something that I felt would be, very disrespectful to the black community. Right. You know, I'm not trying to pretend to be yeah. black girl from the right. ghetto. I'm not, I'm right. not. Yeah. And that's, you know, so for all those beautiful black girls from the ghetto, I love you and I support yeah. you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I would like to see all people be treated equally and have equal opportunity. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because when you have like, quote unquote, like a minority, like you weren't a minority, but I guess in the R&B world, you consider a minority, you know, invading or you right. have like, you know, 
say living color at, at that point you know black band black you know rock and roll band trying to invade there or vixen a female rock it's it's hard and it's it's but they're authentic and like you yeah. are and it's just you know, as long as the music is is pure and yours if you're com- yeah i think yeah. if you're coming from an authentic place if you're right. not trying to pretend to be something the audience knows that right, exactly um i i was very well received yeah, uh, by the by the R&B audiences and what was called urban radio at that time. Um, and um, sorry, I'm distracted because my dog is banging at the door. I'm trying to <laughs> right. in the room with my son. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's downstairs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I love that little dog. But yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Right. Um, now I don't remember. Now I got dogs on the mind. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, urban radio. <laughs> oh, urban. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so it was, they didn't know really how to deal with me. I, they almost didn't put my face on the record and right. you can see very little of my face on yeah, the record. In absolutely. fact. Um, and part of that is because, you know, the only blue eyed soul female American blue eyed soul artist mm-hmm. that had, topped the R&B charts mm. previous to me was Tina Marie. Right. They didn't put her face on the record. Yeah. And then the next person that came out that had an R&B record that was female, Canadian, mm-hmm. um, was, um, I think she's Canadian. Yeah. Um, uh, Jane Child. Right. Yeah, sure. the Canadian, I don't yeah. want to fall. Right. Right. Yeah. So everybody loved that song. Right. But then her video came out and it, well, yeah. it, it tanked on the right. R&B charts okay. as yeah. soon as they found out she was right. a punk rock white yeah. chick. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, the nose chain. And they the were nose, like, wait yeah. a minute. Right. This is not what I was expecting. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because she's an incredible musician. Yeah. Um, you know, super talented. Uh, and we haven't heard from her either. No, no. It, it's a shame. Really? Yeah. It's sad. You know, yeah. there's a lot of talent out there and I think a lot of fans for that talent that would love to hear from these people and you know the industry is they can they can make your dreams come true and they can take them away right yeah so then once you left i mean was it were you kind of blackballed what oh i was totally blackballed yeah i left the label you know i had two top 10 singles i figured i would have no trouble i was actually trying to make a lateral move over to atlantic Okay. Which is where I had wanted to be in the first place. Right. But um, we were kind of manipulated into going with Giant. Okay. You know, and like I said, you know, I really liked Irving in spite of everything that happened on a personal level. I really liked him and I really loved his wife, Shelly. We had great times together. (laughs) So, you know, it's unfortunate that there's, you know, these kind of casualties happen with the music business. I was just not a very significant um, artist in the grand scheme of his life right and times <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but yeah i tried to so i left the i left giant in hopes of being able to because i had been trying to go to atlantic i had right. already had an interview a, a meeting with doug morris which was very empowering meeting he was uh, a really interesting uh guy very positive right um so I uh, had a great meeting. He was like, welcome to the family. It was all supposed to be a done deal. And then Irvin wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't release me from my contract. So that's why I mm-hmm. asked for 
release okay. and I was released, but then I'm thinking, okay, now I can, I'll be free to go to Atlantic. Right. Well, no, then yeah. they wouldn't take me. Okay. They didn't take me. And then I tried shop we tried shopping to another label. No one would mm -hmm. take me. And then, so we put out come correct. Right. Independently, but yeah. we couldn't get distribution. Either. Okay. Right. And obviously that's. So I was shut down. Yeah. The, the album was not allowed to be released. Right. And of course. So it was well, not my intention to not make records right. anymore. Right. And obviously this is pre internet, so you, you couldn't just release it. I couldn't access my it. fans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. So, but it's wonderful to see how times have changed. You know, yeah. we're, we're seeing that music is music is music. It has nothing to do with what your race is. Right. Right. Yeah. It's about your experience and your, A absolutely what you connect with. Right. Naturally. Yeah. So that's super cool. Um, and what's really cool is being able to have direct access to the fans. Yeah. You know, to have conversations, get to know people and. Right. And like I said, it's like, these people have hung in there for 30 years with exactly. nothing from me. I'm like, right. yeah. I'm the worst. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you definitely so know anyway, they're devoted then. If they're, they yeah, are devoted. They yeah. So they deserve something. So this right. is, this, the first thing will be, you know, the whatever happened to album. Yeah. The one that got blacklisted and right. um, hopefully will be allowed to be released now. Yeah. 30 years later. Can't imagine anybody would care. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Right. So, um, so I'm excited about that, but then I have a bunch of new music and new projects. I have a, um, a jazz project I've been working on. Okay. I have some modern music that I've been working on um, for the past several years right. that's been in development. Yeah. So there'll be more coming, but this will be the, this will be the initial right. things that you guys will hear. Right. Which is, which is awesome. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I hope you like it. And it's, so yeah. the, when I'm releasing this, um, this album, the, this, these are really the demos okay. for the album. Okay. okay. And um, so these are all rough one take vocals. There's no yeah. auto tuning happening. There's no, I never used auto tune anyway, yeah. but um, usually when we did the records, I would do several performances straight through and then we would comp a vocal at the end okay. so this is like there's none of that right these are these are rough this is you know we're going to try to make the fidelity as good as we can yeah. um but i want to keep it authentic because it's kind of like new old stock like yeah there's a lot of people that are really into the 90s no exactly but basically what you have is a lot of old material that has been heard before so this is new material from the 90s, 90s. that's coming yeah. out, right. 1994. Okay. All this stuff was done by 1994, yeah. Okay, I mean, it's, yeah. And Come Correct was one of the songs on that, for that album. Okay, good.
release to to have been the first release of that album yeah which never came out yeah and i i, I don't think i even heard come correct it's you really can't find it anywhere on the internet yeah because we didn't get any distribution yeah right <laughs> yeah but that'll come out too right we'll put that out it is on uh soundcloud it's on my channel on sound soundcloud if you guys want to hear it oh, okay cool and in fact you know um there's a uh you know the guy from so hard getting old and losing my memory um the the founding member of um houdini right recently oh, passed yeah, he was, yeah and um so we had um uh, so we were big fans of houdini yeah um and the remix of come correct is um friends 
it's basically a, okay. the, the track is friends. friends. Okay. And that came about because we were in the studio. We've been working on come correct. And we were in the studio and we were hanging out. We were yeah. listening to music. And th- that was one of the songs we were listening to. <laughs> and Willie and I started singing it too. And yeah. we're like, Hey, this works really well. Let's, right. <laughs> yeah. let's do this. Right. So uh, that's yeah. how that ended up coming to pass. But, um, but yeah, those are, those are available on SoundCloud. Oh, cool. If anybody wants to hear them. I'll check it out. Yeah. And it was uh, John Fletcher who just recently passed away. That was John awesome. Fletcher. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's amazing what the internet has. <laughs> type of, I couldn't remember his name as, as well. But, um, you know, you, those two songs, um, you know, they, they come out like basically one after the other within months. And, you know, they blow up. And I remember you like doing the, you know, the, the late night shows and all, all, all those shows. How are those experiences like for you? Oh, they were good. Yeah. Um, I think... I didn't go on that many shows. I mean, I think the highlight for me was being on the Oprah Winfrey show. Okay. Because I was a big Oprah Winfrey fan, as right. most people are, you yeah. know. <laughs> and as a woman, she was she was pretty significant. Yeah. So, um, so that was a big deal for me. And I got to sing live on that. Most of the okay. TV shows, I had to lip sync. Okay. So I wasn't a huge fan of having to lip sync. Right. Um, you know, I come from a live background. Uh, yeah. So I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. But um, but it was fun, you yeah. know. Right. It was fun. Yeah, cool. Okay. I remember when I did the, um, I hosted, it was like the first hosting thing that I did. It was, uh, it was VH1 Top 21 Countdown. Okay. When the and that was the first time I ever had to like, yeah. You know, they, they wrote a script for me and I'm right. reading the prompter, prompter yeah. that's like in the camera. <laughs> right, and like, right, exactly. You know, all that stuff was like super foreign to me. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like the, the way they have things worded is not how I would probably yeah. talk. Right. Naturally. But um, so that was interesting. Okay. Experience. Right. But, and it was the other thing too, is that, you know, all of the artists that I met were awesome. Right. You know, it was always a great experience hanging out with other artists and meeting other artists. Um, there were a lot of people, a lot of music business executives that I really liked and were really kind and lovely too. Right. Um, John Brody, who, who was the head of the um, radio promotion department for Giant was awesome. He was a sweet guy. Um, like I said, John and Jerry Aid. Who are my agents? Who were incredibly supportive, and um, you know they knew I was really naive, and yeah. were always trying to advise me, and all of that. So, but it was an adventure. You know, life's yeah. an adventure, yeah. right? We yeah. go through. I, I feel like I've lived like so many different lives during this one lifetime. Yeah. You know, that's true. Um, different phases and different yeah. adventures. You know, after all of that, I left. Uh, I went and lived in Asia for a while. I lived on Guam for several months and toured around Asia, which was really fun. I love that part of the world. I got to go stay in Bali, Philippines, Singapore. Um, So I loved, I loved being able to travel. Being able to travel was a big perk. Right. 
of the business. I think that's one of the, the best things getting to do that. I got to go to Denmark. I went to Trinidad, I, you know, and then everybody is so welcoming and right. Um, so, you, you know, it's a, it's a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Traveling as a musician is a, right. it's fun. Tokyo. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. They treated me so well in Tokyo. Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. That's great. Have you, you plans to go back there? Like once the new music comes out? You plan to tour? I certainly hope so. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I am planning. You know, once things open up, I do want to yeah. start touring again and uh, performing. That, like right. I said, that is where I come from. Yeah. And so that is where I will be going. <laughs> <laughs> right. If anyone will have me, hopefully they will. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, we'll see how how well things are received. Yeah. I hope I hope that my fans really like this this album coming out. Right. I'm very proud of it. And for all of us, it's like, we worked really hard on that music and um, it's kind of a unfinished business. Right. You know, when you have something that you worked on to, to put out into the world and it never goes out into the world, it's kind of yeah. like, eh, wah, wah, wah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so anyway, with the encouragement of my fans and the support of, um my the the founders of this music the yeah. creators of this music you know um we're putting it out finally yeah. I'm excited right um we all are now i hope you guys yeah. like it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so do you think like that album is kind of closing a chapter because you mentioned you're working on different types of music so you think that's kind of just closing the book of yes the of your life and then moving on yes okay yeah i need to i need to put that out and it is kind of like you know I definitely feel like I have something to prove because I felt like with the first album, it was very rushed. Um, vocally, it was a very, very minimalistic. You know, I didn't really show a lot of what I can do vocally on that record. Um, so this is, this is just, it's, it's a natural progression. I think this is, is a, a really good sophomore album from, it's a continuation yeah. of from the first album. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it's very indicative of the times. So it definitely sounds like this is not being reproduced mm -hmm. to sound right. like yeah. 2021. It okay. is from the nineties. It is the right. original production. There's yeah, it's all original. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Original vocals, everything. Right. All right. You know, I will cut new vocals. I don't have any stems for these. Okay. These are all final mixes from our studio time, right. you know, so final session yeah. studio mix. Right. Um, and um, so I don't have any acapellas. Okay. So I will recut the acapellas for this. So we have the option of doing remixes. Right. For anyone who's interested in that. Yeah. But um, other than that, everything is going to be cool. the original. Right. Recordings. Awesome. Now, uh, I always ask this question. Uh, do you remember where you were the first time you heard uh, Hold You Tight on the radio? Yeah, I was in New York. Okay. I was in New York. I was at a friend's apartment and the window was open and a car was driving by and the song was playing in the <laughs> right. car. Yeah. Yeah. That's that cool. was awesome. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I first heard, the very first time I heard yeah. it was on Hosh Pirelli's Pick to Click show. Right okay. before I had signed, but once it right. was like out out there, right? Like we knew that was going to be yeah. played, right? They right. Informed us it was going to get played. It was like yeah. a big deal, blah 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 for us. But um, 
yeah, that was the first time I heard it after it was released. Yeah. And it was just randomly playing on someone's right. car radio. The radio going by. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What about like, the most interesting place? Or would that be considered that? Like I mean, I think that was the most exciting yeah. thing. Yeah. I think the other thing that was shocking to me yeah. was uh, when I went to Tokyo and I performed in Tokyo and the audience yeah. sang every lyric of every song on yeah. my album. Oh, wow. Like it was yeah. incredible. Right. It's shocking. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure they'll, they'll sing along to the second album once it comes out and once they know it too, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. You know, I tried to, I, you know, I would, they wanted me to make kind of a uh, new Jack Swing right. record, right? They wanted me to work with Howie T and basically make a Color Me Bad record. Right. And that's really not where I was going musically. Um, I was into more, um, you know, modernized sounds, but still having a classic element to the songwriting. Right. That was really important to me. So, um, so this album, there's, uh, you'll find some variety, just like on the first album, there's, uh, it's not all one sound. There's some different things happening, um, you know, all along the, the, all within the genre of mm. um, pop and soul, okay. which is what I consider myself a pop and soul artist, right? Not rock and roll, but pop and soul. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So yeah. it's all in that, in yeah. that genre, um, you know, which is interesting because right, because now modern music, that's basically yeah. what, where modern music has gone. Yeah, there's all that stuff that we were starting back in those days with, you know, <laughs> pop vocals and hip hop tracks and all yeah. that. That's all mainstream. Yeah, right. That's all it is now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I'll I'll have to have you back on when the uh, new music comes out. To Definitely. Yeah, but I, I appreciate your time today. Uh, thirty years. I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, it that is crazy. Thirty years old and it's uh but it's, old? <laughs> oh God, yeah every day when i get out of bed <laughs> yeah yeah but thank you so much for your time today thank you it was wonderful chatting with you and a special thanks to tara for joining us it was great hearing from her and i'm forward to hearing all her music this year and go check out her Facebook page. I'm sure she'll have all her updates when the music is coming out. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the person 19 or like the page will be my youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the best episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes, not a problem. Shows on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever podcasts are found. A new episode comes out every week. And before we go, here is Tara's second single. Peace in my heart.
In other words, a large portion But please use caution Cause hearts can be broken Lies are spoken Eyes are open While a brother like me Just kept on stroking Hoping to find an alarm With my better half Friends just laugh But I stayed on that narrow path Knowing that you would come through for me Dear, release another piece of your 